Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> and now we begin the greatest story ever told with a reading from Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 35, and verse 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. From Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus, and all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end.
Merry Christmas Eve. It's a humbling honor to share this beautiful, beautiful truth with all of you. This third reading is from Luke 2, 8 through 20. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And there shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God on the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which had been told to them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorying, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them.
Our next reading will be about the Magi, and it's found in Matthew 2, 1 through 11. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east, came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod heard the king, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them, Where was this Christ child to be born? They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you've found him, bring me word, so that I may too come and worship him. When they heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The kings in splendor went riding on mountain and vale and sun. Three kings in splendor went riding in search of the Lamb of God. And as they traveled before them, his star it shone so bright, three kings in splendor went riding into the Judean night. Three kings in splendor went riding, and mighty was their fame. Uh -huh. Went riding into the Judean 
What a beautiful night tonight is, uh, a blessed night, um, a most holy night, a night on which, well, you would almost think anything could happen. It's just that magical. It's just that powerful. This evening is the 104th anniversary of an amazing, unimaginable event. The world was five months into the Great War. Trenches dug and armies were encamped, sidling on a no-man's land. Belgium and France, Flanders Field, you probably recognize by name. At some points, this no Man's Land was only a football field in distance from both sides of the conflict. They could hear one another talk, and even if they couldn't see each other, they could hear the taunts. So they would throw out disparaging words to one another throughout the evenings, belittling one another, singing pub songs that would insult the other side, singing national anthems and beating their chests. As Christmas approached, things changed, and that's the magic of this story. And against officers' orders, peace broke out that Christmas Eve in 1914. The Germans started lifting up small little pine tannenbaums and started singing that song, and the, and the British responded with the first Noel. And the fighting stopped at many points along this no-man's land with singing. The evening ended with, with a stille knock, heiglich knock, silent night, holy night, back and forth in German and in English. As a side note, this, is, this year is the 200th anniversary of that beautiful carol. Having silenced the guns, when dawn broke, the two sides mingled. Soldiers from both sides, white cloths flying, hearts relieved, crossing no man's land, exchanging tokens with one another, cigars, buttons, uh, some food. It's reported that in some places, soccer games actually broke out. They helped bury each other's dead. The war had simply halted that Christmas Eve through Christmas Day. There was an inbreaking of Christmas all along the front. Christians on both sides of no man's land, emotions welling up, overflowing. They just couldn't keep killing each other at such a holy time. 
what a wondrous world this would be if all time could be seen as holy time. In his book, Silent Night, Stanley Weintraub, a British soldier, is reported as writing, you know, these Germans are not the savage barbarians we read so much about. They are men with homes and families, hopes and fears, principles and, yes, love of country. In other words, they're men like ourselves. Why are we led to believe otherwise about the others? Well, there were many political and economic reasons for the Great War. But this marvelous, this marvelous Christmas story gets us to be thinking about the power of faith. Religious tradition and the desire of everyday common persons. Most people want to live and let live. Most of us really don't want to kill each other. Most of us just want to live at peace with our neighbors. Milk the cows, grow the vegetables, enjoy our kids or our grandkids, play our sports, do a little dancing. Tonight we recognize a world in turmoil. Painful racial conflicts for some decades. We think of Ferguson, we think of Charlottesville, we think of many occasions that make us aware that we're not living as we should with one another. There's national fanaticism guised in religion like with ISIS. There's political fanaticism guised in other ways. There's random violence in the Middle East, but yes, it's here at home too, in our schools. Well, in, in our dance halls. Yet here we are this night. Here we are gathered to celebrate to celebrate the harbinger of hope and the prince of peace and the jewel of joy and the Lord of love. The world needs some hope and some peace and some joy and some love. And we followers of Jesus are the people God counts on helping to do it. I came across some interesting statistics recently. It's, it's really kind of surprising to me. 95% of Americans celebrate Christmas. 95% of us. Yet, apparently, there's only about 75% of us who are Christian. 
and just 51% of those who are celebrating Christmas report in a, a survey that they consider it a strongly religious holiday. Only 51%. How does that work? You know, it's from my perspective as a pastor who is wrapped up in all of this stuff, you know, I would think if you're going to celebrate Christmas, you ought to be celebrating it because there's something about Christ and Christmas kind of a thing that gets you going, and, and so uh, you're doing it. But then I thought a little bit more about it. You know, and the fact that Christmas is so widely celebrated, even by people who who don't embrace its deeper religious meanings, I think kind of shows the power of the season, of what it stands for, what it promises. The power of lifting up hope and trying to embrace joy and extend peace and experience love. The power of that. The power of that overflowing beyond the confines of the religious tradition or the patterns of worship out into the society. So everybody wants a little cut of that action. They want to get touched by that. They hunger and they thirst for that stuff. And so we all hope We all hope that it will be well with our souls, with our children, with our parents. We hope that God's sovereign reign of goodness, of mercy, will fully come upon us all. We gather again this year and we hope. And we yearn for peace. We yearn for a an internal peace of mind that we can go to sleep and can wake up and feel all right. We yearn for a peace in our relationships and in our neighborhoods and in our world. And we embrace a joy, a, a deep joy, that even though we feel beset by crises or by challenges, that there is some kind of center point that is just joyful to be alive. A joy deep within, buoyed up by the eternal spirit, whatever the circumstance. And we experience love, a love that we are deeply accepted just the way we are and a love that moves us to more and more strive to become our better selves. A love that knits together the fabric of diverse peoples into something that's strong and glorious. All of this hope, this peace, this joy, this love. All of this is underwritten by and empowered by a faith in the Bethlehem babe 
grown to be our Lord and Savior. What a miracle made real in our lives and, and around the world. May we have faith for the living of these days with hope and joy and peace and love. Gather around the manger, bending your knee in faith, and receive the tidings of the season. Let there be an inbreaking of Christmas into the Caneo Valley and into our lives because we have faith in this wondrous miracle of all, this blessing of God walking with us. It's God's gift to us all. It's God's gift to you. Amen.
reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was into the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The light came into the world and dwelt among us. This night we celebrate the light coming into the world and accept the fact that that light brings light to each and every one of us. In just a few moments, Pastor Walt and I will symbolically pass the light of Christ down the side aisles so that the light might be shared with one another. We will join in singing Silent Night, but Gloria will guide us in that because we will receive peace, peace as part of the introduction to that. So let us receive the gift of peace, peace, and silent night.
with hope, with joy, with peace, with love. Go in faith this night. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.